0: SO WE'RE TALKING ABOUT REVELATION, THE END TIMES, THE BIG WORD, WHAT'S THE BIG WORD? ESCHATOLOGY, Um, WE'RE LOOKING AT uh, THE BOOK OF REVELATION, WE'RE LOOKING AT THE BOOK OF DANIEL, BUT um, ALL THROUGH THE NEW TESTAMENT, ALL THROUGH THE OLD TESTAMENT, THE BIBLE TALKS ABOUT THE COMING OF THE LORD, THAT JESUS IS COMING BACK, AND OF COURSE WE KNOW THAT THE VERY NEXT BIG EVENT ON GOD'S CALENDAR IS WHAT? THE RAPTURE, THE RAPTURE OF THE CHURCH. I'm going to remind you guys about the timeline uh, that we drew so you can kind of see all of that in one picture. You can pick those up at the Connect Center on the way out. Let's talk about question number one. We've got about 18 questions today. We're going to get through every one of them we can. You know, we talked about when we talked about the rapture, right after the rapture, the seven-year tribulation period. Some people believe the rapture is pre-trib, before the tribulation, some people believe it's mid-trib, some people believe it's post-trib. I would just like to say where my position is on that, I am a pantheist. I believe it's going to all just pan out in the end somehow. <laughs> so let's just write that down. Um, Mitchell uh, is going to talk about that. What's the big deal about that? And the person asks, should we take a side or why should we take a side or,
1: Okay, the pre-tribulation view. In Revelation 1, um, John sees the churches, and they're described <coughs> as the lampstands. Um, then in Revelation 4, John hears a voice or a trump that calls him up to heaven. Um, he says, come up hither." When John gets to heaven, and, <coughs> and uh, he sees the lampstands, or he sees the church. The church has been raptured. In Revelation 5, he sees us. He sees us we're singing we're pro- probably dancing we're good to it's good to be there we're worshiping before the throne Jesus amen. yeah amen Jesus Receives a scroll or a book that's sealed with seven seals. No one in heaven is found worthy to open this book. And ain't they search all through heaven and then they realize, hey, Jesus is the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world and only He is worthy to open that book. Um, so in Revelation chapter 6 through 19, and I'll be glad to send you these notes. I know some of you may be writing fast, but basically from s- chapter 6 through 19, Jesus has opened the scroll and the tribulation period has taken place this is as Pastor Farrell has talked about and preached about as Daniel's 70th week. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, it talks about Paul's talking to the church. He says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, Then we, we which are alive and remain or are living at that time will be called up together with him in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And wow, that's a mouthful. Mm. But that's a promise. That's a promise from from the Lord. So we're called up in the clouds. And in 1 Corinthians, it talks about we're going to be changed. We're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Um, And then in Ephesians, he talks about we might gather together in one all things in Christ, both in heaven and on earth. So we're going to be joined with him as the bride of Christ uh, before the seven-year tribulation period begins because the scroll has not been opened yet. Um, And even in Genesis chapter 9, people say, well... You know, um, there's really nothing in the Old Testament that, talk, that talks about the that talks about the rapture, but there really is in in, in several uh, instances. But specifically in Genesis chapter 19, an angel comes to Lot, and the angel says, um, "You need to we're going to we're going to destroy this place because of the sin and because of the wickedness." And he tells Lot, for the most part, "You need to get out of here." To the place that's prepared for you because if you don't leave, we can't destroy it. You've got to go. So immediately after tribulation in those days, here's now that's the pre-tribulation view. And the post-tribulation view is found in Matthew 24 where Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says immediately after the tribulation of those days, uh, the sun's going to be dark and the moon's going to become his blood. I'm going to gather my elect from the four winds of heaven. The elect are his people, the Jews, um, and then they'll see me coming down in the clouds. That, is, that right there is not talking about the rapture. That particular verse in Revelation 24, uh, 29, and 30 is talking about the second coming. When we're coming back with Christ, the armies of heaven are coming back to this earth to set up the thousand-year millennial reign. That, that's what Jesus is talking about there. So this describes a second coming. I'm going to talk about the mid-tribulation view a little bit later in a couple more of the other questions there, Pastor, if that's okay.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, just a couple other uh, observations there. First of all, I've never seen before, you mentioned it, um, the uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the immorality in Sodom and Gomorrah, and the judgment of God coming on that city and then the angels, of course, Abraham praying for the salvation of his family. And, uh, and and God coming in and telling Lot through the angels, you've got to get out, then, then judgment. judgment will yep. come. I had never seen that as a picture of the rapture, as a picture of how God's going to take out his people before the judgment comes. That's a great picture and an excellent picture. Um, Reference to support a pre tribulation rapture,
1: but you know, as the question, the latter part of the question, we kind of really need to know, guys, what we believe because people will ask us, um, you know, and it's it's there, I mean, it's plain, it's, it's, it's black and white and red and white,
0: yes, so it yeah, is. yes, it is, amen. So, we, you know, the position of our church is pre tribulation rapture, and and you know, some of some of you have, uh, um, ask questions, you know, and you've, you've said, you know, we say that a lot, but it's important that a church knows where it stands. And again, we, we, it's not that we can't have fellowship with people who would have a different view about that, but you have to know where you are on these things, like Mitchell just said, so you can articulate it and talk about it. Um, you don't want to get in some debate with somebody about it, some argument but you just do need to know where you stand on things. Number two, since so much <clears throat> has been talked about concerning the rapture, why will people who don't make it in the rapture, why would they follow the antichrist? And we touched on this just a little bit last week. With all those people disappearing, won't it prove, I'm sure this is talking about to the people who didn't go in the rapture, that to unbelievers that are here during the tribulation, that the Bible's true and why wouldn't they turn to Jesus?
1: You know, people, they're going to follow the Antichrist for a number of reasons. Uh, one of them mainly, I think, is out of fear um, to live, because if you don't follow him and you don't take his mark, you die. Um, so basically to survive, but if you take the mark, as we discussed last week, your your soul's doomed. But, you know, and then there's others that may believe that he is their savior uh, um, and submission and, you know, just numbers of reason, but... The part of the question, will people disappearing prove to unbelievers that the Bible is true? I think yes. To a lot of folks, um, to many then then, but you've got to remember, then's gonna come preaching. And seven years is a long time. So there'll be, you know, preaching preaching you know why uh, the believers are gone, and there'll be preaching no doubt from the Antichrist and and uh, you know, the forces of evil of why the people are gone. And, you
0: know, trying to to justify it. So the people who will be preaching the truth during the tribulation, and you might be going to talk about that a little bit more, but just very briefly touch on who those people are.
1: Yeah, uh, as we talked about last week, there'll be two witnesses. Um, We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But there'll be uh, Jews, and they'll, you know, come back and they'll preach the gospel of the kingdom, that Jesus is coming back. There'll be also be the 144,000 witnesses, Jewish evangelists that'll go out throughout the world, and they'll be preaching to everyone that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, you know, don't follow the Antichrist. Um, and so, basically, to side with them and to choose, to choose Jesus, um, that's a major decision during that judgment because it, you're going to be very unpopular. You're going to have to go into hiding maybe Or either die,
0: or either. either, You know, the big thing about that is, um, in the tribulation, you know, not only what you choose will determine your eternity, which is most important, but something we don't face now in this time. What they decide right then will determine their immediate situation. I mean, they will be put to death uh, immediately, and we don't face that today. So, you know, to say. why don't they accept Christ? You know, if you've never, if you've never had somebody stand beside you and hold a, a knife to your neck, and we're seeing it in the world today going, if you don't convert to That's Islam, uh, we're going to tell you. I mean, <laughs> we, have, we can't even imagine what that feels like or the pressure of that. And so if you didn't receive Christ now, when you get there, I mean, what would make you, you know, receive Christ then? And then you talked about the delusion. I know you'll talk about that in a minute. Number three. Since Scripture must be fulfilled, and Hebrews 9, 27, and this, the, again, some of the questions that people ask, and this is a very good question, we're not putting the question down, but they state a premise, and and, and they want us to work off that premise, and sometimes we're not quite in full agreement with the premise they set, but anyway, here's the, here, here's the uh, question, very, very intelligent questions, I can tell you guys are reading the Bible. Since Scripture must be fulfilled, and Hebrews 9, 27, refers to all humans experiencing death, Does the rapture, for those of us who are living when Jesus calls his church, include each of us having to die, uh, uh, passing from life in the flesh, again, they're quoting scripture here, to our perfected selves, stepping from mortal into eternity, and if that might be true. Would the two witnesses have to be the only two uh, humans who've not died rather than Moses, as one of them shouldn't it be Elijah and Enoch? There you go, buddy. That's
1: a busy question. Take take care of that. (laughs) I'm going to go get something (laughs) to eat while you're in. Hebrews 9 27 does say, as the question references there, that it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. But there are exceptions. Uh, Lazarus died twice. Jairus' daughter died twice. In 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul talked about, I want to show you a mystery. We're not all going to sleep or we're not all going to die. But at the trump of God, we're going to be changed. So Paul addresses it, and no, we're not all going to die. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 53, Paul, he even goes into detail. He says, for this corruptible body must put on incorruption, and this mortal body will put on immortality. So when, when the, we hear the trump of God, we will be changed. Talking about the two witnesses, uh, many believe it's Enoch and Elijah because they were translated and never died. And, they, and they're using this scripture in Hebrews where you have to die once. Um, it's appointed in a man to die once. We know Elijah's coming back, as I said last week, because Jesus said he was coming back and Malachi said he was coming back. So we know one of the witnesses will be uh, Elijah. Um, I personally believe the, the next one or the second witness will be Moses. And, and, you know, I can give you my thoughts on that because, you know, he was there at the Mount of Transfiguration. A lot of Jewish um, writings talk about that Moses didn't die, that, that God took Moses. Uh, you know, his bones were never found, God took him and buried him. Um, you can get into some deep theology and debate about that. But we do know that some of the plagues during the tribulation period are water will be turned to blood. That's one of the plagues that Moses took care of in Egypt. We know that some of the other plagues, for example, the rain, the rain will not come at certain periods of time. And Elijah, you know, made it not rain for three and a half years. So that's my, that's my personal belief, but, but I'm not going to be here.
0: Exactly. Good point. <laughs> that's the most important thing, <laughs> is that you receive Christ now so you don't have to go through all this uh, uh, but again, as Mitchell said earlier, it is important that we understand. Number four, what are your thoughts? Why doesn't Jesus, just, I love this question. Why would Jesus just come on, man? Why <laughs> yeah. don't he just come on? I mean, there are Christian people on a mountain having to leave their two dead babies behind to stay alive uh, from the evil people. And uh, so, you know, why didn't you just come now and just go ahead and rescue us?
1: You know, Jesus is currently preparing a place for us. He said, if I go away, I'm, I'm coming again, but I've gone to prepare a place for you. Um, and as I mentioned, Thursday night, Pastor Farrell, he knows what you like. Jesus knows what I like. He knows what each of you Christians like, and he's gone to prepare that place for you. He, he said, you know, in my Father's house are many mansions or many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you, and when, and when I go again, I'm going to receive you unto myself that where I am, there you can be also. Um, I don't know, he's been gone almost 2,000 years and preparing a place for us. I, I can't, there's no way we're going to be able to describe it. Romans talks about in chapter 11, he says, um, Paul says, For I, don't, I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel. We discuss that, you and I, several, in it, several cases. Why, why don't the Jews see it? Paul said, because blindness has been put on them in part. And then in the last part of that verse, he says, until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. There's coming a day when it's going to be over for us, um, and that is going to be the rapture.
0: Um, Given we don't really know the time of the rapture, uh, post-mid-trib, getting back to that topic, is it possible that Or how will we know when the tribulation has begun? Is it possible that the tribulation has already begun?
1: I kind of disagree with that premise that we don't really know, uh, that we can't really know pre, mid, or post. Um, I see it pre-tribulation. Scripturally, I see it that way. Um, If we're raptured pre-trib, we're going to know from heaven if, we, if we're not raptured pre-trib, we're going to know when the Antichrist signs the uh, seven-year peace treaty or peace covenant with Israel. Um, starting that seven, Daniel 70th week, um, we'll know that post-trib or mid-trib, uh, the signing of that, that last, uh, set, that's last Shabu or that last 70th week that we talked about in a previous message.
0: You said uh, earlier that... Um, uh, you believe that when the rapture does happen, when the saints of God are caught up in a moment, a twinkling of an eye, we're all gone, you you said, because I've, I've heard people try to kind of explain that away a little bit, um, but you said that there is going to be a devastating, or you indicated that you believe people are going to, they're going to realize what happened, especially people who've heard the truth and heard the Bible. So, you um, you know, if, of course, that, uh, that too would be a way, not just the things that will come later in the tribulation, but you would know right off the bat if you had any knowledge of scripture, yep. or at least you'd suspect that that's what's going on. Uh, you wouldn't want to believe it probably, but, um, you know, it couldn't help but be there in your mind. Uh, number six, in second Thessalonians 2, 3, the Bible says that the day of the Lord, which we, Talked about that being uh, the, the rapture of the church. The day of the Lord won't come, uh, uh, or the second coming, won't come until the son of perdition is revealed and a falling away happens. Uh, is the son of perdition re- referenced here the Antichrist and what is that falling away and does it mean that the Antichrist comes first? Wow. Wow. <laughs>
1: Um, some another busy question. Um, chapter two of that scripture that they reference in Second Thessalonians, Paul starts with now concerning. Here's here's what he's saying. Now concerning the coming of Jesus, our and our being gathered into Him. In other words, Paul's here. He's addressing it. And in verse two, he talks about there's probably a counterfeit letter that was circulating among the among the church because some of them were you know, thinking or saying that, hey, we're in tribulation period now. And they no doubt were as not the seven-year tribulation period, but they were many of them being killed, thrown to the lions, you know, using as sport for... Uh, but they're like, you know, we've missed it. And Paul goes on and he talks about the counterfeit letter. But then in verse 3, he says, Don't be deceived, for that day or the day of the Lord, that seven-year tribulation period... He said it's not going to come until there's, and depending on, the, um, depending on the Bible or the translation you have, it could be a number of things. He says there's going to be a great falling away first, or there's going to be an, an apostasy first, or there's also going to be a great uh, departure, depending on if it's a covered L Bible, you know, whatever Bible you have. Paul's saying that something's going to happen before the rapture takes place and the tribulation period starts. He describes it, it. It may be a great falling away, and we're seeing a great falling away in America. But in China, we're not. And in Russia, we're not. And in Africa, we're not. And a lot of the, a lot of the third world countries, they're just booming. They're just having revivals like crazy. Um, but in America, we you know we look we tend to look at the Bible in a Western perspective. So. He's talking about it could it may well be a great falling away, or he said as it may be an apostasy where so many are turning from the faith, or it may be and I kind of look at it it may where it talks about the great departure people have put in there that they're departing from the faith. I look at it like hey, what if Paul was saying hey there's going to be a great departure. From the bridge church, where when the trump of God sounds and, and there's a voice from heaven that says, Come up hither, there's, a, there's going to be a great departure. Then that wicked one can be revealed,
0: whom the Lord will destroy with the brightness of his coming. That is very interesting. I've never heard that before, but I have, I certainly uh, can see that because we've always been taught that that great falling away. that And then when you start looking at the Greek and the original language, yep. it means the departure uh, could have been referring to could the be. rapture of the church.
1: Could be. And, and, and I, see, I don't know. It could be a, a departure from the faith. It could, many believe that it will be, Paul says, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Well, who is the he? Some say that he is the church. Some say that he is the Holy Spirit. Mm. But something's going to be taken out of the way there's going to be a great departure or an apostasy or a great there's something's going to happen to signal that Antichrist to come on the scene. He can't be revealed Paul said until that great depart or that that falling away or that departure or that apostasy happens.
0: So that's one of those areas where we're not going to know till we get to heaven. Are we? I mean, we're not going to fully understand. Exactly. it. Is that what Paul means uh, when he wrote, I don't, "I don't see everything clearly now, right now"? You know. Yeah, but, you know.
1: He said he looks, he see, he he saw the third heaven, but he said, is this, "Me describing to you is like looking through a glass darkly." How mm-hmm. can I describe what I saw? It's like you, he could see through
0: a, a, a window, but it was dirty, or yeah. it was yeah. That's that's a good description there. Uh, number seven. Uh, the trumpet sounding, will that be during the rapture or is that before the second coming? When is the, the trumpets and all of that?
1: This one's going to get busy. <laughs> this is the one. All right. Okay, so the rapture is the trump of God. In First Thessalonians 4.16, it's talking about a trumpet or the last trump. Now, here I want to talk a minute about the mid-tribulation period. All of you that believe in the mid-tribulation period uh, rapture, here's probably where 99% of the people get that, and I hope, I hope I present it like I see it, but in Revelation chapter 8 through 11, John sees seven angels blowing seven trumpet judgments. That seventh trumpet has to be blown at some time. That seventh trumpet is blown at the middle of the seven-year tribulation period. Paul said he was coming at the last trump. The rapture was going to take place at the last trump. So kind of follow me on the the theology where this is coming from. 1 Corinthians talks about we're changed at the sound of the last trump. So you would kind of look at and reason that, hey, we're going to be changed at the last trump. There's a last trump blown in the book of Revelation. The last angel sounds the last trumpet judgment at the middle of the seven-year tribulation period, or three and a half years into it. Then he goes on, and the angel says, when he blows that last trump, the angel says, the mystery of God is finished. And Paul said, talking about the last trump, he said, I'm going to show you a mystery. So if you look at it kind of like deductive theology, whether the mystery of God is going to be finished in the middle of the tribulation period, the last trump of that angel was going to blow in the middle of the tribulation period, or John was talking about something different. So the seventh angel sounds in the middle of the tribulation. Uh, Now, keep in mind, 1 Corinthians where Paul's talking about the last trump, he's talking about the mystery of God, was written in 54 A.D., 21 years after Jesus rose from the dead. But Paul... I mean, uh, John wrote the book of Re- Revelation 95 A.D. So so John is seeing uh, these seven angels blow these trumpets 95 years A.D. Or I, my math's, you know, not that good. So basically 40 to 45 years after Paul talks about there's going to be a last trump. So we know there's going to be a last trump. We know the mystery of God is going to be finished. But... Where is it? Now, if I'd have been in the church at Corinth, the first thing I'd have said, and probably you would as well, is what in the world is the last trump? But there's no indication in Scripture that they didn't know what the last trump was. And the reason there is no indication is because they knew what it was. When Paul was talking about, in 1 Corinthians, the last trump, in 54 A.D., 40 to 45 years before John saw a last trump, Paul was talking about in Hebrew the word called takiyah Hagdalah, And what that is, that's a last trump of a blowing on the feast of trumpets called uh, rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah was a series of a 100 trumpet blasts over a period of two to three days, and that last trump was called the Tekehagulah, where the priest would take that trumpet and blow it just as long as he could, just as loud as he could, just as long as he, he had air, and that would end that particular feast. And that's what the last trump was called, and that's what they understood the last trump to be. So, Jesus, you know, actually in Hosea... Hosea prophesied that in the Old Testament, there's coming a Messiah. Jesus is coming, and he's coming twice. He's coming like the rain. He's coming like the former rain. He's coming like the latter rain. Well, in the former rain, we know we had the feast of, stay with me, we got the feast of, um, of Passover. We got the feast of unleavened bread. We got the feast of first fruits, and we got the feast of Pentecost. Jesus came in that feast. The first feast, Passover, Jesus was crucified on the very day and he became our Passover lamb. On the second feast, Jesus lay in the grave. On the feast of unleavened bread, he became our sin. On the feast of first fruits, he became the, the resurrection of the first fruits or, or, or our first resurrection. And on the feast of uh, Pentecost, 50 days later, he sent the Holy Spirit so that we wouldn't be comfortless and he said he's coming again. He's coming in the latter rain. He's coming in the latter feast. There's a feast of Rosh Hashanah. There's a feast of Yom Kippur and a feast of tabernacles, and I know this is deep, but, I mean, we need... The Jews see it. They understand it. And it, there's, he's, he's going to rapture his church, signifying the Feast of Rosh Hashanah. He's going to set up his, uh, he's coming back on the uh, uh, second coming where he comes to earth on the Feast of Yom Kippur. And he's going to set up his kingdom on the thousand-year millennial reign on the Feast of Tab- Tabernacles. And the Word actually says, Pastor, we will go to Jerusalem once every year on that feast, and we will worship him. Wow. During the millennial reign. During the millennial That's reign. That's awesome. Yeah. So, where, where, where did I confuse you? Here, here's where you're still confused. <laughs> um, we, we'll even tell you where you're confused. <laughs> okay, Daniel 12, Daniel saw this last seven-year tribulation period, but he didn't understand it. In fact, God told Daniel to seal up the book until the time of the end, and then knowledge would be, be increased. But in Revelation 10, the angel gives John the book, and he tells John, I want you to eat this book. It's going to be bitter to your stomach, but it's going to taste like honey in your mouth. And I don't want you to seal up your book because you're going to see it and you're going to understand it. So John eats the book and the angel tells him, don't seal it. And he sees John does that uh, for the time is at hand. So there's three. In a, he, he said there's time. Actually, a time, in, in, from, from what I understand, is signifying from Passover to Passover or one year. John says this. There's going to be a little bit more time. There's going to be time, and times or twice, three and a half a time, or three and a half years more to go. And then he says the mystery is finished. In Revelation 13, the Antichrist, in the middle of the tribulation period, he has three and a half more years, and it's all going to be over, John said. Prophetic time is over. This is the end. You can pray all you want to. You can pray, Lord, don't come back. Jesus said, I'm coming back. That's prophetic time. It's going to end. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to end it all.
0: When you, um, so, so just a couple of things. Uh, I would just encourage our folks to understand how closely an understanding of eschatology in the last days is tied to the Jews and the Jewish system and how important it is to understand that and know that. Um, One of the things Mitchell's going to do is put together a resource list for you of books and uh, internet sources that he trusts and has learned to trust over the years so that when you, not if, but when, because I know you're going to do it want to dig deeper into this and get a better understanding on your own, because you guys know, listening to this, you have one level of... um, uh, absorption, but when you go get it yourself, when you go after it yourself and you study it yourself, there's a deeper level of absorbing the truth. That's why we tell you all the time, don't just get your God, Jesus, Bible, church on Sunday. That that would be like eating one meal and going, I can make it the next weekend. No, you, you can't. You don't want to live that way. You'll be anemic, you'll be weak, you'll be sick. So. What we want to do really by these messages is whet your appetite. And I'm going to be just really blunt with you. The the primary reason for us teaching on this topic is that we want to get people to think about eternity. People don't want to think about eternity. They don't like it. They like for you to kind of leave them alone and say everything's okay, you're okay, I'm okay, we're okay. But that isn't going to help you. What's going to help you is understanding there is a life beyond this life. Everybody in this room is going to live forever somewhere. And we love you so much, we want to talk about it and get you to think about it. You, say, you might even be sitting out there today saying, you know, I've heard some people say they don't really like this topic. And, they, and I haven't heard this, but I mean, you may have. Uh, that. W- w- maybe it shouldn't be handled on a Sunday morning. You ought to just have it like at a Bible study. No. We need to talk about this on Sunday morning, and and everybody needs to hear this. And you might go out of here today going, I tell you, i got about a tenth of that. Good. Here's what we hope is that you will be so stirred that you will be, it will create a curiosity in you, and that you will go after the truth. Listen, send your questions. Send your questions, Mitchell Grantham at bridgechurch.cc. <laughs> I can't remember my email I address think that right email off, crashed. but I know his. <laughs> and uh, send those questions in. And look, look, he—he he is passionate about the whole message of the gospel. But God has given him a passion to understand these last days. And don't you hesitate to let him know. Um, the things you want to know. And look, just send it to me. If you don't want to send it to him, and I'll forward it for you. I'll forward that you.
1: So, so to clear it all up, yeah. the trump of God that Paul saw is not the last trump that John saw. The trump of God is the rapture. The last trump that uh, John saw is a judgment. The mystery that, John w- that Paul was talking about is the mystery of the rapture. The mystery uh, that John saw is pr- prophetic time is now complete. Okay.
0: All right. Um, that was a really short question in the notes. And now we're going to have I a really long question. So I'm <laughs> kind of scared. Uh, number eight my question is in reference to the rapture and children. I think a lot of people have this. I know they do because we had a lot of questions about that. And I love, you can tell this person knows their stuff, I mean, uh, because they word it very well. While I don't think there's a hard and fast rule with a specific age of accountability, I was wondering what your thoughts, and they're talking about you here, what your thoughts based on your knowledge of the Bible and studies of end times were on this topic. So in short, at what point? Would an older child or younger adolescent, 13, 14, 15, who has the opportunity here but chooses to put off receiving Christ be held accountable in reference to the rapture or even early tragic death for that matter?
1: Okay, so concerning infants and small children that have not reached the age of accountability, you know, since the sin of Adam, mankind has suffered many horrors. The children in the flood were destroyed, the children in Sodom and Gomorrah were, were destroyed. Um, and, but it, and basically, there's really no innocence. Um, Romans talks about the debt of sin um, has fallen upon all mankind. Then Romans 5, 17 through 18. But now Christ has offered the opportunity for life everlasting. And man, that's awesome. But so, will you know, children be allowed to go through the tribulation? Yes. Yes, they will. But here's hope. The New Testament, Paul upholds the children. Paul kind of, he he actually kind of upholds the idea that children under the age of accountability that live in a godly home or have a godly parent, maybe a godly grandparent, maybe maybe like Falcons' children. I don't know how God's going to do this, but in Ephesians um, 1 and 16, or 6, verse 1 through 3, he, he kind of gives the idea, and also in 1 Corinthians 7, that that child that has not reached the age of accountability is sanctified by that parent. So, if you've got children that are under the age of accountability, that haven't, and I don't know when, it's not a specific age in my opinion. I don't, some think it's 12, some maybe 13. I don't, I don't know what it is. It. Some people are, Some people, you got saved at seven. You recognized your sin at seven. Um, Some people, it may take them to 13 or four. I don't know what that is. God knows what that is. But there's indication from New Testament that if they're under the age of accountability and they have a godly parent, they will go in the rapture. Um, Those that don't will not.
0: All right. You're going to get a lot of questions on that one. (laughs) I mean, it, you, you know, you all think
1: right. about it. What if, what if all Muslim children were raptured? Mm-hmm. They, would never, they would never convert to Christianity. Mm-hmm. They'd be so mad at God. I mean, not only that, Jesus, Jesus talked about tribulation, talking to the Jews. He said, woe to you that, that, are, have, that are nursing a baby that time because
0: you're going you to have it bad. It's going to be rough if you've got a baby mm-hmm. at that particular time. So we have to, you know, because what you want to do is you want to bring sentimentality into it, and oh yeah, and you want to go, you know, well, I think this is what I think, um, but you have to look at what the scriptures say, and uh, so Mitchell Grantham at Bridge Church, <laughs> ICC. Uh, number uh, number nine. Uh, what does the Bible say about children? This kind of carries on with number eight, and people with special needs. Uh, being brought into heaven if they cannot understand the message.
1: They, they have a one-way ticket to heaven. You know, Jesus talked about, you know, bring the children unto me, forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. They, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be, that gathering is going to be such a time when you have all special needs, you know, adults, I mean, handicapped, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're just going to, it's going to be a time. Mm-hmm you know, praising God, and I, you know, I made mention, I've got a niece, bless you know, way smarter than me, but has never walked, doesn't know how it is, you know, was born in a cerebral palsy, but one day, she's going to run.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> talk about uh, this next question about people being saved during the tribulation, and uh, they're going to heaven, and
1: of that. Okay, so will people get saved during the tribulation and get to heaven? This is this is another theology thing. You know, you'll have different beliefs on this, but yes, you, people will get saved during the tribulation period. But by getting to heaven, will be by martyrdom or death. Um, and even then, you know, I was I was doing some more looking at it, and look, you know, John saw him under the altar of God, and then after. Uh, after the uh, tribulation period is over, right before the, tribu- right the thousand-year millennial reign, um, those are resurrected. So, if someone who does take some, doesn't take the mark of the beast, this will be debatable, and they're martyred. Will they go enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb like the church is enjoying? It, it appears not. It appears they'll be under the altar of God until that seven-year
0: tribulation period is over okay Um, how long will the judgment of Christians last the beam of the judgment seat of Christ possibly six years Um, so let's talk about let's talk about when that is just to get you guys back into when we are caught up to heaven the the first event will be that judgment seat yeah, there'll that be tears in Scripture.
1: Exactly, there'll be the judgment seat of Christ as you preach. There'll be um, worship going on. There'll be receiving rewards. And then in Revelation 19, then the marriage supper of the Lamb will come. Um, you know, here's what I find interesting. In Deuteronomy 24, when a, when a young man would get married, um, they would get to take a year off. And they would spend that entire year Um, Celebrating. um, So we're going to pretty much eat for a year. So the, 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 uh, the, um, (laughs) that kind of exciting it, It no more low carb, you know. (laughs) So, um, you know, the last set, the last year of that seven year period uh, in Mark 14 at the last supper, Jesus said, I'm not going to drink picture. Jesus at the last supper right before he goes into the garden, and he's betrayed. And he says, I'm not going to drink of this last cup of fruit of vine until I drink it with you anew in my kingdom. And, guys, he's going to sit down with us at that, at that marriage supper, and he's going to drink.
0: You know, I think we've read that statement so many times that a lot of people, you know, it was said in our, when we used to have our Easter drama, that was one of the lines in the drama, I don't think it registered with a lot of people. He's talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb. He Make that quote again from Jesus. At that, at that uh, last supper, Jesus said it. Say it again. He said,
1: I, you know, paraphrase. He said, I'm not going to drink of this last cup. And there were several cups that they would drink through during the Passover Seder. But the last one that finished the Seder, the Seder or the Passover meal, he said, I'm not going to drink of this particular one uh, I'm going to drink with you
0: anew in my kingdom. I mean, that was a promise right there of the of after the rapture in heaven. I mean, he was eschatology right there, saying what's going to happen uh, at that at that uh, marriage supper of the Lamb. So, you believe six years uh, uh, judgment seat of Christ? What what's, do you? And I know, I know, yeah, I'm asking for your imagination here, but in your studies and what you've read, what do you? picture anything there, how that might look? You know,
1: there's there's a crown of righteousness. we there's not cl- standing line? I mean, I you know.
0: stand, I <laughs> stand in line.
1: I hope it's not like McDonald's. Or yeah, but yeah, you know, Just, just joking. So <laughs> there's going to be a crown of righteousness, a crown of rewards, a crown of soul winners, a crown of life. I mean, he's got all these rewards for us, and he's got white garments for us. You know, John saw them and I don't know how he's going to do it, but we're going to be rejoicing. We're going to be worshiping. Um, I had a friend of mine who used to be in a gospel group with me. You remember him, Norwood Tyndall. He's passed yes. away now. Yes. He had a dream. You know, in the last days, he'll be visions and dreams. But he, had, he actually had a dream and, and, and tried to describe what he saw. And he said, there's just no way I can't describe wow. it. And the sound of, of singing and
0: worshiping that he heard. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, number 12, the new heaven and the new earth that the Bible talks about, is that referring to the millennium kingdom? Uh, no. The new heaven and the new earth talking about
1: the thousand, uh, the, the new heaven and the new earth will happen after the thousand year millennial reign, the last battle that, um, where Satan is, is loosed. Then there's, he's going to go out and deceive the nations after the thousand-year millennial reign. Then hell is offered up, all the dead. The sea offers up all the dead. All the, de- all the wicked dead are offered up. There's a uh, great white throne judgment. They're cast into a lake of fire where the beast and false prophet are. Satan is cast into the lake of fire where the beast and false prophet are. Then John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Um,
0: now, and I'm going to throw something at you we haven't talked about. The, the new Jerusalem, Coming down and uh, triangle, you know, fifteen hundred by fifteen hundred by fifteen hundred. I know we haven't talked about that. Can you talk about that just a little bit, or my? You know, it's
1: uh, he. John describes it a little bit. He's, you know, he he gives the dimensions of it: fifteen hundred miles wide, fifteen hundred miles tall. This is just. Is this the new? That's just the new Jerusalem. You know, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer kind of like you where we'll be able to travel. We'll, you know, be able, we won't be confined to new, that new Jerusalem or a new earth. That we'll be able to, um, I actually asked answered a question on what I thought the answer was to someone that sent in an email the other day. And, you know, God does away with the sea. And I'm like... Why are you doing away with the sea? You know, I'm a surfer. I don't, I don't want I you to do sea, away with the sea. <laughs> you know, all you lo- guys like to go to the ocean and put your you know, toes in the sand. But I cannot describe to you what's going to replace that. It's
0: got to be a million times um, better. I, I, you know, when you think about that, there's going to be something better than the sea. Yeah. I mean, I, so our minds can't even, uh, you know, to use modern day vernacular, can't wrap our heads around that. That's, that's awesome. Uh, number 13. Um, Will family time. and friends who are left behind after the rapture uh, be given a chance to repent and be saved, to be called to heaven, or will they have to endure the entire tribulation period?
1: Yeah, we kind of answered that in part of, you know, question yeah, 10, but, yeah. you know, they'll have to endure the seven-year tribulation if they're left behind. Guys, if you missed the rapture, you've missed it. And there's no way that Pastor Farrell or I can put it any plainer. If you haven't made... That calling an election sure and you know that your land name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life today is that day you need to do it um, if you miss the rapture you know we kind of heard the songs in the 70s where the church house is full the day after
0: the rapture and they may well be but it's too late hmm. now when you say that do you believe that means people will see something big has happened and they'll all be in church that Sunday, trying to figure out what's going on. You know, and Pastor as you, Andy, will, Andy will have to explain it to him because I'm gonna be gone. You know, and so. you know, you mean,
1: <laughs> and, and
0: they'll have to put the timer on him as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, so you're saying there'll be media guys here too. <laughs>
1: All righty, moving uh. <laughs> right along. But you don't want to miss it. You know, there'll be, there'll be people saved during the tribulation period, but you don't have a guarantee that, you know, because we talked about last week where those that have pleasure in unrighteousness, God will send, send them a strong delusion. They'll believe a lie and be damned. You don't mm. want to play with it. It's nothing right. to play
0: with. Amen, amen. Um, I, I, another thing that I, I want to just mention to you guys right here, because I, I don't want us to get to the end and have to hurry up. Uh, next Sunday, I'm going to be preaching next Sunday, and uh, Mitchell came up to me backstage. He said, please tell me this is the last time I got to go out there on the stage because it's not his cup of tea, but hadn't he done awesome? Man, man, I'm telling you. I'm more confused than ever, but I've <laughs> loved it. Um, no, seriously, taught me so much, brother, and, and I appreciate it. So what we're going to talk about next week is how, what do I do now? I'm a Christian. And I, I might not have absorbed everything Mitchell said and understand everything in detail because I think what Mitchell's admitted to us is there's some things he's not sure about and none of us will be until we get to heaven. Uh, but how do I talk about this? I don't want my family to miss the rapture. I, I want my family to go. I, I want them to not go through the tribulation. So how, how is God going to use me? How does God use me? And so we'll talk about that. Uh, next week and so we hope you'll be here for that let's let's uh, do another one um what on uh, this we'll do 15 and 16 together what will happen to the jews uh, um and i'm gonna throw a one in there did uh, you the i've had people ask me why, why are they his chosen people why, why did he pick that race and so, uh, if you would just clear that up for us. And then, uh, what will happen to the Jews when Jesus comes? Will they have a chance to accept him? And I think we've talked about that actually already a little bit. Is there a different process for them? Uh, and, and really, in the end, will all Jews go to
1: heaven? Okay, so... After the rapture, the time of the Gentiles will be over. There will be an all-out push by the Antichrist's armies to annihilate the Jews uh, from the face of the earth. The Jews will be preached to by the two witnesses, the 144,000. So many of them will be converted and cry out for Jesus to come. Um, Romans 1, 16 talks about, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, and then to also the Greek or the Gentile to us. Um, will all Jews go to heaven? Sadly, no. But yeah. you have to be born again.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you gotta, you got to know Christ. There's a couple more questions, but it's, uh, it's time, kind of time to wrap it up. And also I wanted to give uh, a chance for uh, us to have some time in the altar for anybody that would uh, like uh, to be prayed for. So let's just all stand, if you will. Everybody standing together. Thank you, Mitchell. One more time, give it up for Mitchell. <laughs> Great job. Um, so, here, here's what we want you to do, and, and, the, and we tell you this all the time. Um, you go home and take this, and you go to God with it. And, 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 and look, if you haven't been in church in a long time, or, or maybe you've been in a church uh, that never talked about this, never brought it up, because it's kind of like, you know, we don't deal with that subject here. Um, Well, we do. We deal with that subject. We deal with every subject. There's not a subject we won't tell you what the scriptures say about it. Um, And We just think it's a really, really, really important message right now for our community and our nation and our world, and we wanted to bring it here. You guys would not believe how many people are watching this series online, getting emails from really, literally all over the world coming into us going, I watched your series, what is that, what did that mean? So, so thank God for that stirring that this little country church is creating in the world today and in our community, especially, um, and of course, we, you, you get people that are mad at you and we've had people see our billboard and send in ugly emails and all that kind of stuff. So. You know, you're not only known by who loves you, but you're also known by who don't like you as well. And uh, Jesus was known by his enemies as well as his friends. Um, So where are you with God? And what is your relationship with God through Jesus Christ? And you can't have a relationship with God the Father unless you come through the Son, Jesus. So if you're here today, and I know many of you know this, and you've already done this in this part of the service, you're like, uh, I already know, I know, but there are some here who don't know this. That, that you need Jesus. And you need to come to Jesus. And you say, but I'm not sure I'll buy into everything you guys said. That's fine. But just talk to him about it. Just talk to him. We have a Bible for you over here uh, behind this camera, right over there. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to give you a Bible with you. And all we do is we just ask you to take that Bible and read it and go, God, is this your word? And I mean, if are you really up there? And is all this stuff about new Jerusalems and new earths and new heavens and all this stuff about a battle of Armageddon? I mean, come on. And then just look God right in the eye and say, is it true? You know what Jesus said? Jesus said to Pilate, any man who wants to know the truth about me, I'll reveal myself to him. So I challenge you, if you doubt and you say this is craziness, and then you just bring it and go, hey, Jesus, you said you promised in your word that if I wanted to know the truth, you'd reveal it to me. So here I am. Here I am. I, I, don't, I don't buy all this stuff. Is it true? Is it true? And he will come and Minister, you. I don't know how he'll come. I don't know how he'll convince you. I don't know how he'll show you the truth. Now, he won't make you receive it. He won't make you accept it, and he won't make you believe it. But I tell you what he will do. He'll make sure you get it. And then the decision's all yours. It's up to you what you do with the truth. Pilate asked the question, what am I going to do with this man, Jesus? Everybody's got to answer that question. Everybody's got to answer it. You can say he was nobody. He's he's a he's a, church, he's a prophet, but he's not in the son of. You got to make a decision. You got to take a stand. You say I'm not going to take a stand. That is a stand right there. You're going to take a stand about Jesus, and I hope you'll love him. I hope you'll serve him. I hope you'll receive him. We sung about it today. The blood of Jesus shed on the cross Wash your sins away. When that happens, you're adopted into God's family, and when the rapture comes, baby, baby. amen? I mean, I want to do that, and I'm swinging my feet when I go, aren't you? Rapture, the rapture, the rapture. I want to go in the rapture. I mean, you know what? Even if I doubt it, I'd go, hey, God, if there is one, I want to go in it. I'm not real sure there is one, but if there is one, I want to go, and I'm giving my life to you. And And, and you know, when you do that, give your life to him, then whatever happens in the end, you're ready. You're ready for it. Bow your head. Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you in my life. I've got questions. There's some things I don't understand, but I know this. You're the real deal. You're everything you claimed you were, and I believe that. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead for me. I believe you ascended into heaven. I believe you're coming back again. And I want to give my life to you today. Take my life. Lord, will you receive my life? Will you take me? Will you adopt me? I don't want to be an orphan anymore. I want to be adopted into your family today, and I want to live the rest of my life for you. I don't have all the answers. I don't even know all that Pastor Farrell Mitchell were talking about, but I tell you what, Jesus, I know this. I want you in my life, and I want to serve you. You pray that. You'll be born again born again into the family of God. Everybody said?